I guess we're gonna have to use some camera shake transitions. But like once you once you do it once, like that that can of worms is open and you gotta ride it. That can of worms is open <laughs> and you, you gotta, gotta ride, ride it. it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sizzle Reel Pod. I'm Alexi. I'm Chris. We're here. We're back at it again. 12 episodes deep. We got a dozen episodes, bro. It's like we walked into a chicken coop. Oh, yeah? The chickens only lay eggs in dozens. That's That's crazy. I had no idea. Hey, a week from now, it'll be like we're in a bake shop. Damn, because we're going to have 13. Yeah. That's going to be the post-Christmas episode. We'll we'll reveal on that. On the next episode, this is an episode-long tease right here. On the next episode, we're going to reveal what we got for Christmas. Oh, damn. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be balling. Speaking of Christmas, we're going to have a white Christmas. And I'm not just talking that that we're white. I'm I'm saying it snowed outside. (laughs) We have a white Christmas out here. Dude, it snowed for two days. It was a Chris. It was your first ever New York snow. Well, it was my first like real actual snowstorm. I've been here for the snow, but it's always like something where it snows. It's there for a day or two and then it's gone. This is the first time where it was like eight inches of snow, kind of messed everything up. Had to walk 30 minutes in, in the ice. It's been uh Did you slip? Dude, I slipped today. I slipped three different times. I didn't fall, but mm-hmm. I, I had some moments. Yeah, and when that happens, your heart goes it starts racing like the adrenaline response happens, and I'm like, oh man, uh, I'm hype. I'm hype for the day. Bro, you got you caught yourself slipping. I <laughs> Bay caught me slipping. Bay caught you slipping. Yeah. Um so this inter- this storm, cool, I'm gonna put that in quotes, quotes storm, because yeah. it really wasn't that bad. Wasn't but it seems bad. like it fucked the internet up. our internet has been out all day. And in this COVID remote work bullshit that we still have to do because we're eight months in and the this COVID is is a fucking piece of garbage. I hate it. But we're uh, we had to basically stop like our workflow was jacked up today, bro. I couldn't like for literally for an hour. There was no Internet. It's because what eight inches of snow is going to bust the Internet for us or is it hackers? Who knows? I don't know what it is. I, it, could, it could be a cyber attack. It could just be, uh, you know, our crappy infrastructure and the the big companies that take the government's money and, and lay down the fiber and then don't take care of it because they're assholes. I think it's some bullshit, man. I think this this company this company, wow, that's that's a Freudian slip like no other. <laughs> this country, which is run like a company, this country needs to figure their fucking uh, cybersecurity shit out, dude. I feel like we were state of the art 15 years ago, but now we're like dinosaurs. I don't know what's going on. It's kind of scary, like the idea of thinking about if another country really wanted to take our internet down, if they were successful, like they they could destroy the country so quickly. Like yeah. the economy now runs on that. Like we've it used to America. Some people say America runs on Duncan. I think wow. America runs on the internet. That's the you thing though. I mean? You couldn't even go to Duncan. You couldn't and, do it. And yeah, you can't use your credit card because they, it's got to upload some, to the internet. Some places don't, I can't. I can't order online on the app and go pick it up because some places don't out. even accept cash anymore. That's, There's a coffee shop. Say down the street, they don't accept cash. That's so like their business model probably is fucked if they don't have internet that day. Like, what do you do? I thought you it know? was illegal to not accept cash. Uh, that's that's what I thought too. But you know, who knows? Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna put them on blast like that. Yeah. I personally, actually, ethically, am against that practice. I think like you should accept cash. But hey, you know what? I, I feel like if it was if push came to shove. And the internet was out for like three days. They would start accepting cash. Oh, I, yeah. I don't think they would like. I've heard cash is king. Cash is sort of king. Cash is our neighbor. 
Cash is our neighbor. If Cash you get, yeah, check out Cash Only Barbecue if you're ever in New York City. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. Um, Chris, uh, let's let's uh, let's go no further without introducing our our very special guest today. We were gonna do just a me and you arguing type pod, but then my man over here shoehorned himself into the episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got Vince Alvarado. What's up, Vince? Welcome. You're back. You've got mail. Vince has mail. Vince, you do you use AOL? Your big AOL head. Uh, <laughs> you yes, I AOL was. Address? You still got AOL address? I used to imitate him in junior high school. Still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got it. I heard that. I heard that the AOL email addresses are actually like a cool thing to have now. I heard like if you have an AOL address email address, it's like like retro swag. Uh, I had mine and I think my parents were still using AOL for a long time and I think they caught a virus or some hacking thing happened and I lost my account. Oh, Damn. No. What was your first ever email address? Um, it was microchip 527. Was it really? Damn, that's yeah. actually pretty fire. Why 527? Um, so like a birthday I think I was just, no, no, I, I was looking at, I was trying to think of a name. And I saw, I was like, I, we had like a Dell desktop, and I think I saw a microchip Dude, somewhere. You're getting a Dell. And I just cut a Dell. Yeah, I just, oh, the gateway. It was a gateway. Oh, I was going to say, because when it showed up, did you say hello? Yeah. A Dell? It right. was, no? it, was okay. uh, it was a gateway. And uh, 527, I don't know where that happened, but that was my AOL address, my screen name, and my Yahoo address. Damn, so you were just in microchip land. That Man, was your you microchip you 527. Yeah, I had that account. I had that name you buy, on everything for about maybe you should 10 check years. see if it's on Twitter. You should get the Instagram handle. I was going to say <laughs> microchip 527. You should change your production company, microchip 527 Productions. Hey, so. there you go. My first uh, AOL uh, email account was owsoggybiscuit at, at AOL.com. <laughs> No, that's a bad joke or that's no, real. No, it's not a bad joke. No, it's real. No, that was real. Yeah, Al Did, Soggy Biscuit. So, didn't someone reach out to you recently yeah. and you had to... Yeah, the Florida the Florida Gators alumni people hit me up and were like, "Is this still a good email address?" I was like, "I don't know. What do you have on file?" And she's like, "She's like this like like twenty year old girl." She's like, "Uh, it's O W Soggy Biscuit." And I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ, that's embarrassing as hell." It's like, "No, that is not that's not the right one." That's uh, it's because one time I walked out of KFC and it was raining and I had a biscuit and I said, "Ow, Soggy Biscuit," right? So. It's, it's, you know, it's whatever. It is what it is. It's, these it's are the funny things, when you're a teenager. These are the things that are funny when you're a kid. And yeah. then when you're an adult, you're like, hmm, it's still kind of funny. <laughs> Put it on your resume like a lot of people I, do. I should. I should say for, email address formerly. O.W. Soggy Biscuit. <laughs> What's your first email address, Chris? My first one was Skating Freak 007. And that, that was skating with an eight. Wow. Skate Ting or Skate Ing? Uh, like the eight and then the ting or an eight and then an ing? It was an eight and then an ing. There was wow. no, no double T. SK eight ing. That's, a, that's pretty unhackable. I will say that. Yeah. You got a lot of combinations. Skating freak. Skating freak double oh seven. Oh shit. James Bond. So you're <laughs> you like know, James Bond you but know. skating. Yeah, but well, it's, like, is, it's like when you when you grow up really liking Tony Hawk and Goldeneye. That, that's skating exactly freak. That's that exactly what it was. Oh, yeah, was hundred percent Tony Hawk. That's fucking hilarious. T Tony Hawk still finds his way into my passwords these days. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I had to know. I had to redo dude. I had this crazy I don't know if you guys have been getting it, but I like it stopped so it stopped so far, but like a few weeks ago, I was like every day at like four a.m. getting random emails, like security alerts that someone was trying to hack into various <laughs> accounts of mine from like Morocco and shit like that. And I was like, dude, I had to change all of my passwords. It was trash. Like Pretty scary. It was whack. Have you ever had any of your shit hacked? Um, knock on wood, never. Usually, uh, when you say notes. knock on wood, you're supposed to actually. Yeah, knock I did on it in wood. my brain because you know we're in the podcast okay. land. So. Well, all right. 
I'll do it for you. As long as y'all, the the listeners imagine it happens. Yeah, the listeners cannot (laughs) do it. Most if you knocked on wood and Vince said it, take it back. You're only allowed to imagine it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you never got hacked though. Close. Uh, I I, there might have been security breaches of, of accounts I was on. Maybe like a Sony. I think Sony had like their PlayStation. Wasn't that a thing? I think so. Uh, maybe, yeah. So Kevin, I've never had anything have, directly. We have producer Kevin in the studio. He's nodding yes. Yeah, I, I haven't... Nothing ever has directly affected me other than bank account fraud alerts. Oh, okay, okay. Which Wait, technically is hacking, I guess. That's crazy. See, that's one thing fucking, again, knock on wood. But that's one thing that I haven't actually had. I've, I've gotten bank account fraud alerts for things that I'm in the process of purchasing. And they're like, did you try to buy this plane ticket? I'm like, Same. yeah. Yeah. And they're like... Are you sure? I'm like, yes, yes. Please let me buy my plane ticket. But yeah. then they won't do it. You ever been hacked? You know, I, I think I've I've never had it really be an issue, but I am on like a mailing list. It's called Have I Been Pwned? Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say that I've been pwned. Uh, uh, my most recent one was apparently LiveJournal had a breach. So, Damn. But yeah, <laughs> so, someone can get into my, my personal thoughts and feelings from when I was 14. Uh, yeah. Read some, read some, read some good poetry. Yup. Yup. Um, I, I, you know, I wonder, I wonder my fitness pal, why Uh, nothing important. I feel like when, once your profile on any website has been inactive for one year, like literally zero logins, they should just delete the account. I don't want that. They're starting to do that. You don't want that? Nah. I would 100% want that. What what do you mean? Why don't you want? I feel like you of all people would want that because you're all about privacy and shit. Yeah, but sometimes maybe I'm just not using something for a year, but I want to go back into it and be like, oh, that that's cool. I still have this account. Okay. Like my Neopets account, I still can't get into that. I'm so mad. Like I had so much money in Neopets and I've been money? trying to... Lo- not real money. Ne- oh, uh, well, whatever the currency was. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you got <laughs> money in there? I was nine. I don't know. I, I had an, an Aisha, I think is what it was called. Oh, it was a little a alien long, cat. Long neck cat. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's like a long oh, neck cat. I remember that one too. You don't work on Neopets. Vince is like acting like he's too I, cool. No, no. I, I knew of Neopets, but I it just brings me flashback of this one time I was uh, out in a bar with this one girl and she told me how I guess we were talking about things that we've done in our lives that made us feel really guilty and she would go to Toys R Us as a kid and I guess there was like Neopet toys or plushies or something. Probably. And she would get the codes from Toys R Us and then actually use oh, no. the codes. So anyone who bought those, the codes don't yeah. work. That's oh so she God. like did that for she like a feel year. Bad. Yes. And she just, for a year? Yeah, she did she, it like for nonstop. a year? She did it nonstop. She was a Neopets klepto. She, yeah, she got like Damn. addicted to the like the feeling of, oh shit, I have Damn. all these points. That's almost like Neopets identity theft. It really is yeah. Neopets identity theft. Yeah. If, if big Neopet is listening... I want you guys to she, track her down. She That's did my, it and she Vince might get it. hacked by proxy as like yeah. a revenge revenge hack. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I fucked with Neopets, but I always remember I, I didn't actually understand how to play it. Like oh, I would, yeah. I, I collected them and then I would go to, I guess there was like an arena and I was just like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do here though. So I just collected them. Yeah. I don't think I ever used them to battle because I, I think it was, there was probably some like RNG, like lottery bullshit to make you want to keep doing things. But what is RNG? Random number generator. It's like luck. Oh, okay, like, okay. like FIFA. <laughs> don't even get me started on that. FIFA is all luck, bro. They actually, there's a lawsuit right now. I mean, we're getting way off track, off topic, but what, like loot boxes or no, there's a, there's a lawsuit about like match fixing, which is just makes perfect sense for FIFA. Right. But like <laughs> it's, it's about, they call it scripting, I guess. And it's what happens at the end is like, 
if your team is up by one goal, for example, with like two minutes left, the game automatically adjusts the difficulty. So the team that's down loses the ball less and has a higher chance of scoring. And that's why the games always get close at the end. Is that because just for online it. or for all of it? I think it's for all of it, but the I think the lawsuit is particularly around online stuff. Yeah, that's, but I haven't read much about it, but it, it makes sense. I mean, I feel like all sports games do that. Yeah, like, I, I know I can, NBA does. That's why whenever Vince and I play, I only usually win by like 15. <laughs> you know what You're I mean? Blowing your 25 point lead. I know I had like a 30 point lead. Maybe it's I'm chucking threes from mid court at half court at that point or whatever. There, there was a game. It was the NBA jam. The, the one from the 90s. It was like an arcade game where one of the or I guess all the developers, they were all big Detroit Pistons fans. So they made it so that I, I think. Michael Michael Jordan or the Bulls some, something like that would never be able to hit the final shot uh, like they'd never be able to hit a buzzer beater in a game that's kind of dope that's it's kind of petty it's it's dope it's, but it's funny though because it's an Easter egg you know what I mean yeah yeah like yeah, back yeah. then you're like oh that's an Easter egg and now it's like we're suing you <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy um speaking of uh, of soccer of FIFA Chris you've been doing a lot of recent soccer work we've been getting a lot of recent soccer work here we're doing some MLS yeah, we best have. of wrap up videos. We were working with the CONCACAF new client yeah, doing Champions some Champions League, League stuff. Yeah. What have you been finding? How have you been feeling about that? It's your first time working on stuff outside of Major League Soccer. You were working with some uh, Mexican League stuff. That's true. Mexican but teams. It, it, yeah, but it was still against MLS teams. I guess they were. But next round. Next round. Next round. Gonna, well, uh, by the time this releases, actually, the final will be the only thing left to go. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching the game, seeing how MLS stacks up against international competition. Um, not well is, is how it turns out. <laughs> LAFC won, and that, that was a good game. Velo played really well, and I, I cut a video about him. That was pretty cool. He had a couple great moments, and, like, you know, he looked like he belonged on, on a stage like that. Uh, I, I, I love those tournaments, those international club tournaments. I think they're so fun. Um, my If you guys... If anyone who's listening to this wants to watch, Tuesday is the final. It's at 10 p.m. Eastern. My prediction is Tigres is going to win. Tigres from Mexico. They look pretty unstoppable the other they're, night. 4-0 against NYCFC. Dude, they're they're untouchable. They're fucking amazing. But um, but with all this, this is going to be it for for soccer for us, for, for uh, work for a while. Yeah, um, that's The weird. next few months, it's going to be no soccer. And that's crazy because I feel like we've literally edited soccer every single week, every at week. least one or two days since February. Yeah. Fuck, since January. Honestly, this has been all soccer all year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We started the MLS season started a week or two before quarantine started. And there was even during the time when MLS wasn't happening, I feel like we were doing some pieces for them to, to keep the hype up. Yeah. Um, we did the, we did the one that explained how MLS is back is going to work. Oh yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That was out in May. And, but right before that, even in January when the season wasn't, hadn't started yet, we were doing the, uh, the media marketing tour where, you know, that was they, awesome. Yeah. It was great. They had uh, some of their marquee players, you know, they did it. We ended up calling it questionable Q and a basically the, the press got to ask them some, some fun questions yeah. and get some personality out of the players. Uh, so, so that was really cool to prepare for the season and see who these players were, uh, not just on the pitch, but I hope, like, I hope they do it again next year. Cause it actually is a, it's a, it's a cool insight. You know what I mean? It's, it's great so, content and people on YouTube loved it because if you like MLS in that way, then that's, that's incredible content the for great, you. The great part about it too, is like that sort of concept, I think is so easy to green light again for next year because, uh, you're not gonna have to travel anywhere like that. That holds up with zoom. Like the way they do zoom yeah. press conferences. Now you could actually probably, 
churn out more of that content than you previously could because now like the players don't have to like, yeah, you still got your like 30 minute window with them or your 15 minute window or whatever, but they're going to be more comfortable. They're in like, they're more candid. Yeah. It could be more candid. It could be better. I don't know. That's one of those weird things with zoom where like press conferences are super weird now. Cause I was listening to a couple MLS press conferences and I'm just like, man, like a lot of the times they're taking questions from these reporters, but they have the reporters have their cameras off. And like, as a player, it must be so weird. Cause you're just like, I might've not ever seen you before. And I have to answer your question. I don't know. Yeah. Even the, the production standpoint of that, like I would hate to be a producer on that. It just sounds so stressful just because small mic and camera issues that you aren't physically there to help, help with. I don't even, I can't believe that we haven't seen like a big player, like a Canon or a Sony, like a big player in the market, uh, go and just create a, an all-in-one like webcam and zoom solution that like is easy to implement. It's like literally it's like, Hey, comes with a mini tripod or you can even clamp it on here or whatever and plug it in, uh, to your computer and just set, like have it zoom natively recognize a plug and play solution that is just like a little higher quality. You know what I mean? Like you can set it up, but we're already like 10 months into this thing and no one's come up with like an easy solution. I, I think there are packages, but it's like more of like an Amazon, like, Oh, buy this product and it comes with extra all, stuff. And uh, you like got to set bundle. it up. You got to set yeah. it up yourself. Yeah. There's bundles out there, but I don't know if I, I don't think like software companies, I mean, they should like if zoom had like their own, like, Oh, we have our own camera and we yeah. have our own. Get, get a little closer to the microphone when you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, zoom could do it, but I also think that like, Canon should do it like a camera actual or like any co- Logitech, right? Logitech, Logitech like the perfect should, company yeah. to do it because it's just like take your webcam like capabilities and I don't it's dude even just market them better. Like just say, hey, this is going to record clear audio and a better video feed. I don't know. Maybe it's people wouldn't buy it because they already have shit built in and they don't really care. Right. I, th- I think but, that's a big part of it is people don't realize how much how much you can up level and look a little bit more professional if you have actual professional gear for these meetings. Because yeah. like at the beginning, we we're like, all right, this is just for a little bit and let's not invest a lot. And then yeah. it kept dragging on and dragging on. And then, you know, the supplies kind of plummeted and prices shot up on webcams. Webcams are crazy expensive are right now. Yeah. I that. Yeah. I was reading something about it the other day and I hadn't even considered it. I was like, wow, what's crazy expensive. Like a hundred bucks. I honestly, I don't know. I, I haven't looked it I up. And our internet's two, out. Two to three hundred. <laughs> but yeah, our internet yeah. is out. That, that is true. Two yeah. to three hundred ish, from what I can recall. And that's, Jesus. that's wild. That's well, not worth it for like any random person who just needs it specifically for like this one-off situation or whatever. I mean, uh, I feel like a lot of people have have DSLRs that they could probably you know go to, go to Best Buy and buy a couple couple wires and and download a, an app. And all of a sudden you got a, a really good webcam, but that's so much work for people who are just mostly going to be in random ass meetings. Exactly. Exactly. Like, what? like I think most people can't be arsed to put, put pants on for yeah, Zoom meetings. So you, you want them to set up a webcam? Yeah, no, no it's, a, it's a good point. They should get ring lights. I know Vince was looking into selling <laughs> ring lights. That was going to be the new hustle. You want to run the people through that or is it still half baked? Uh, do you want to, yeah, I mean, it? I, you know, I was scrolling, I think it, it was today on Twitter. I saw this post of, um, someone says, Oh look, I was at the toy store and like, look at this toy. Like they're actually selling ring lights for these like TikTok kids. And I'm like, damn, that's a smart hustle. Cause those, uh, ring lights are like five, six bucks on Amazon. And now you slap on two TikTok influencers on the cover and you're charging $45 per set. 
And it's like, wow, these kids are just eating it up because, you know, I think I forgot what study came out. I think it was last year, but they did a study with kids from Asia and kids from the U.S. and U.K. And most kids from the U.S. and U.K. want to be YouTubers. Yeah. And then the other kids, they yeah. want to be doctors, lawyers and teachers. So like there's a shift. Right. And I think it's crazy as hell. It's like, wow, you can actually go to a toy store and that's like a, a toy people that, want that that right there is the mind fuck to me like i did that didn't click for me until you just said it like even you sent the video in the chat or the picture in the chat and i was like yeah it's a ring light and now like it's actually just clicking for me that it was in the toy section so yeah, like a ring light yeah. is a toy that's yeah. that's wild it's like oh you know most kids have smartphones now so you know buy a 45 dollar ring light set and uh that's what kids want to play with now like game boys and stuff like game boys are cool you know but all these kids they have the smartphones now so they want to actually create content instead of just absorbing it which is like a shift that's kind of crazy it's not like you know not there, it's not like there's a crazy trend of kids wanting to be documentarians or like filmmakers they want to be specifically youtubers they want to be in front of the camera and they're taking the the means into their own hands and they're like, I'm just going to make this shit myself. So it's kind of interesting. It's like, they're going to learn all these skills. How many of them are going to turn those skills into behind real behind the camera skills? Like, or we're going to grow up and see a generation of editors and shooters and shit. I think, I, I think so. I know every time, you know, in Florida, when I go back home for the holidays, you know, I've definitely seen this shift. It was more of like kids outside playing sports, basketball, dribbling around. There's like a group of girls in my neighborhood that they all like, you know, would play like Barbie or like jump rope. And now I go mm -hmm. back you know, not even a couple years later and they're all on their phones doing these TikTok dances. Yeah. And like, that's how they hang out. They all just get together and try to figure out goofy, fun videos to share with their friends, which is something I did. You know, I, I had bought a camera back in the early 2000s and we'd fuck around and like yeah. make funny skits. But like all the kids want to do now is just make the dances and the skits. We they don't want to do anything else. We wrote a bunch of shit and then we would make yeah. like audio skits, like audio jokes and shit like that. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, part of that was because we didn't really have access to cameras in that way. It's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if we grew up with smartphones the way that kids are now, then we absolutely would have been making like little mini films constantly. Cause we literally yeah, wrote right, stage yeah. plays because that made more sense because we were more likely to get a stage play put on than be able to get all the, the production equipment to, to shoot something. That's actually true. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh, dude. Oh, this is, I, I don't know if it's like, you remember LJ Frezza? LJ Frezza was a year above us in school. He now uh, edits and he edited uh, on that HBO show that how to with John Wilson. Really? It's like a new HBO comedy show. It's like a documentary style comedy show. It's, it's mad funny. Is he but here or LA? Here, here. Damn. The show's made here. The show's all like New York. I mean, may, who knows? Maybe it was edited in LA, but the yeah. show itself is like literally all about like, like half of it's set in like Ridgewood. It's like, it's like documentary really? style. How to with John Wilson. Check it out. It's, it's, it's mad funny. All it's right. also, it's also like, sort of deep like it gets gets into real things it's it's okay it's a cool show it's a cool show but i was looking at the credits and i saw that lj frez i was like we went to high school with that dude in that's jacksonville Florida. crazy like that's that's kind of bizarre because i remember when we grew up there was a clique of of kids who were the film kids and that was a whole different breed of people you know what i mean that yeah. wasn't that wasn't me for Same. Sure. I could, I never, I could never even get in with those kids. Like yeah. I, I always liked them, but like there was a divide between the theater kids and the, and the film kids. Yeah. 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 And that, that's, what's so interesting is I wonder if they, they probably made 
stuff. They probably made films. Dude, I have some friends who went to like FSU film school. I think one of them went to USC. They're probably doing something great. And I just haven't like followed up or checked them out. Boom. That's it. 2021. That's you should hit them up. Got to get yourself a ring light first, you know? Dude. <laughs> yeah. Show them your recent start, work with the ring start light. Doing, uh, start making films now and wow be an them. influencer. Chris, Chris yeah. Talk. Get someone going to get them on Chris Talk. Dude, yeah. if I was a kid though, I, I'd be the same way because some, some of these influencers and YouTubers and Twitch streamers, they make such big money like when when you have you know a thousand or more people watching your streams every day like and and you treat it like a job those people make a living wage and then some people will have like fifty thousand people watching at a time that's wild like that's how many people go to a football game and it's everyone's just watching you play video games and you literally can make millions of dollars doing that i would absolutely try that it's so crazy because it's incredibly exciting for all of the kids in that generation who are coming up and it's incredibly exciting watching it as like a third party saying, Oh, I wonder where the future of, uh, of entertainment is going to go. It's probably very unnerving for like the, the giants, like the, you know, the Warners and all that. They're probably like, all right, how the fuck do we get these kids under contract? So their Twitch stream becomes property of Warner media, right? Like I think that's where their heads are at. Or if they're not, that's where they should be. Cause it's like, yeah, the, the days of, of like, traditional traditional quote-unquote content are very numbered like hello no they don't even make comedies anymore that shit doesn't happen because people don't need comedies they just go on instagram or tiktok and laugh at shit for 10 seconds or a minute at a time you know that when's the last fucking time they made like a comedy movie that was like like a film yeah Yeah, that really hit the one that i remember is the one that h like i don't i sound like a hbo fanboy i kind of am but like the the seth rogan one with the pickles Right. And what was that? That was a story. It was a story for like a week. People were like, this is a good show or a good movie. That movie, if that was released like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, probably would have been a theatrical release. And I would imagine it would have been like at least talked about for like a month. People would have been like, oh, man, it was like so smart and like poignant. Yet it was lighthearted. No, that shit went away. Did you guys even see it? No, I I saw the press on it. Um, haven't seen it. When I'm not really this? more of a comedy film person. I'll see stand up, but yeah. it's not really my. I'm not the target for that anyway. Yeah, so yeah. it was like this. Uh, I think it was Seth Rogen, right? Seth yeah. Rogen directed it and he started it, and it was like he played uh, himself, like a Jewish father or something. Yeah, he was like uh, he played like a, a a Jewish guy who worked. Um, I think just in like media or something like that, <laughs> and his he there was like his uh, great grandfather or something he fell into like a vat of pickles or something and some accident in the 1800s and they happened to perfectly preserve him. And so when they popped open the vat of pickles, no. he comes back to life and he's like, it's, it's fucking funny, dude. All I, right. I highly recommend that. I think it's a great one. I mean, Seth Rogen, like I, f- I feel like that's the last time someone came onto the scene, like in, in comedy films and really just knocked it out of the park. Cause it was the last one that there was, there is, there are no more comedy films. They don't exist. They don't get funded. People don't, and like people who Comedy's want hard. to be people who want to be like sketch comics who used to previously be like, damn, let's start a sketch troupe and then let's get our shit going. And I want to like one day be on SNL or something like that. I don't think that exists anymore. I think now people are like, I'm going to start a comedy Instagram or a comedy TikTok. And that is my goal. And maybe one day someone will some forward thinking company will decide, hey, let's try to give this person a show. But they might not even want the show because like they don't like long form comedy isn't 
really a thing anymore i don't think i mean whatever that's a fucked up view yeah it's 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 interesting yeah content creators they have more power than ever before and it, it is going to be very interesting to see how things take place i mean and even so they're being more into entrepreneurial right like the whole logan paul dudes right they're yeah. in boxing now and they're creating these events and they're getting you know they had mike tyson on one and they have uh what's He's his name mayweather right? isn't he about to fight floyd yeah so yeah. like they're controlling that mayweather's not going after like Mayweather needs that publicity, yeah, right? Like yeah. it's not the other way around. Yeah. He's going to fight a YouTuber. Yeah. So I, like, hope he, I hope he whoops him. <laughs> so like, I don't think it's going to be much of a fight. It's interesting. And like, even like, like when it comes to like things like the Super Bowl, right. And mm -hmm. how that's affected. I think we, we had a conversation in the past about the Super Bowl and how that's going to be affected with like commercials and like people tuning in and stuff. But like, are people going to want to watch a Super Bowl anymore? Is it going to be a thing versus like if some big YouTuber has like a football game with like all these other big YouTubers for like charity? That, dude, yeah, actually, that, could that be, exists. That already exists that in England. That could be way more, you know, all the, more all the people soccer, might tune into that. All the that. soccer YouTubers play in a game like that and it gets like mad views. Like it's one of the more popular events. Nickelodeon uh, is, is going to simulcast a... A playoff game this year in the NFL, and they're trying. I guess they're trying to reach out to kids because they're gonna. The end zones will be green slime. I'm pretty sure. And then after a player scores and is like celebrating or whatever, they're gonna superimpose like emojis and silly eyes and shit like that on yeah. their faces when they're celebrating. Like they're really trying to reach out to these kids. Yeah. yeah. It, to me, the more interesting part of that is the fact that the NFL agreed with it because I feel like the NFL are so uh weird to work with i i've i've never i've only worked on like a couple things that are related to football but it always seems like they're very protective of their brand so to just readily partner with nickelodeon like that i think i think they're, they're reaching that point where they're realizing that they gotta stay relevant yeah. like they gotta find ways to to i mean it's the same reason mcdonald's still advertises at you because you, you gotta yeah. you gotta be at the forefront all the time yeah you gotta be front of front yeah, of nba mind. sneaking up on on the nfl yeah, I would argue that the NBA is way more popular with like yeah, the, say so the generations that are coming up. Absolutely. And MLS is second. That's wild. No, that's I don't know if that's true, but I'm team MLS all day. I'm here for the growth. All right, guys, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk about shooters. And uh, why the hell do they always want to shoot shit in 8K, even if we're just going to put it on a motherfucking Twitter? Yo, Black Magic Raw. Unbelievable. Get that shit out of here. Chris, you like candles? I love candles. You're a big candle fan? Big candle fan. Like number one candle guy? Yeah. Well, uh, like number two. Number two. How many candles you got at home? I got like three or four. You th I think you could use a couple more candles. I think I probably could too. Where where can I get some? Well, I know about this one place. It's called Smells Like, and uh, they are a fragrance and scent company. They're here to bring you thoughtfully curated candles. They invoke nostalgia. They'll transport you, Chris, to a place in time. You know, I've heard that that scent is, is tied to your memory more than any other sense. That's what they say. Um, but, you know, you'll never really know unless you order some candles. And you can do that if you go to smellslikebk.com and enter the code SIZZLE. You'll get 20% off with that. And, you know, we're working from home. Now is a time when you probably could use more candles than ever, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta have a, a nice scent while you're working. It'll help you concentrate and help you you know. Yeah, well, what I always hear is you gotta put one candle near where you work and light it only when you're working so that way you kind of get 
you know, you start thinking about, okay, this is my work sign. I'm in work mode because. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's very that. smart. It's a little life hack. It's a life hack, especially if you're in like a small New York apartment. Everything feels like the office. How do you break it up? You know. You, you said like, that was smellslikebk.com. Smellslikebk.com. Enter the code Sizzle and you'll get twenty percent off. All right, I think I'll do that. All right, so we did a little bit of research on the break. That's right. The name of that that film, that Seth Rogen film, American Pickle. American Pickle, if you guys want to watch it. Shout out to producer Kevin for doing the research. Just like 20 minutes late, but at least we got it. <laughs> um, no, American Pickle, look it up. It's apparently, according to uh, producer Kevin, is based on a New Yorker article. It's based on a New Yorker article. So uh, it must be a good movie, right? I don't know. I don't read the New Yorker. I'm not, I'm not cool enough. I tried to subscribe, but they won't deliver it to me. I read the cartoons. They came through and they were like, sir, you're wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> you're not allowed to read this. <laughs> now nah, let's, let's talk, let's talk shooters, man. Let's talk shooters. So, uh, Vince, I don't know. Let, let me ask you, would you say you're more of a shooter or more of an editor? I am more of an editor. Wow. I, didn't I did not expect that, that answer either. Yeah. For a man who just bought a Zeiss lens today, yeah. I, yeah. I did not expect that answer. At 1.4. <laughs> yeah. I, I say that because I like shooting. However, I only shoot because that's the best way to instill my vision on the budgets that I get. That makes sense. If I had bigger budgets, I'd gladly hire another shooter and direct. And then I'd have way more fun editing because it's I'm more of like in a less pressure space, right? When you're on a shoot, it's like you're on a kind of like on a time limit. You have the elements, you know, if you're shooting outside, you have to make sure all your gear's working properly. There's way yeah. more technical things that can go wrong versus me sitting at home on a computer or in an office and like, oh, Premiere just died. Okay, I'll just restart it. You know, you're at a shoot <laughs> and your lens is fucked up or like something gets in the way. Like that could affect the entire project versus editing is just very computer Dude, technical stuff. That's how I feel, right? Way more pressure on set. I'm not a big pressure guy. Dude, yeah. I, I enjoy shooting like for fun, but I would never really want to do it for money, especially on like a real set. Like I was a news photographer and that was kind of okay because there was pressure to do things quickly and turn around quickly, but quality was never like, it just had to be arable. It didn't have yeah. to be amazing as you know it's broadcast yeah. local news no i don't know i mean for me like we so yeah we we just bought a camera we just bought the fx6 so that'll be shipping early 2021 well i don't know we'll have it by march or some shit probably dope and we bought the set of broken on uh cineas the sony mounts so you can dope. borrow those when you need but um i personally got it more as like a, a thing to have as also as part like a business expense and also it's just it's just nice to have a camera I personally do not really want had that camera in my hands ever. I I just maybe like if I'm shooting TikToks or something like that, but like you know, I, I that's about it. I think I'd like to learn to shoot on it, but there's no no projects that I I want to take on for it. I'm not gonna be trying to get work with it, you know. I think it would be nice to have because it might motivate to like actually write a couple small like sketch things or That'd something cool. like that, but. You know, again, it's such a production. It's like we were talking earlier. You have to like get everyone in on it. And it's, it's not like something I guess you could just make it with two people, but it's not as fun. You have to have like to get more complex things going. You have to have a crew. You know, you can't just do it with like one or two people. Yeah, I am. Um, we the thing with that, I, I feel like uh, I'm going to be shooting TikToks with that camera and it's just going to be such overkill because it's good. <laughs> I'm just going to be like setting all the shit up with like cine lenses and stuff. And I'll yeah. be like, shooting why am 6K. I doing this? Shooting a 6K, shooting a 6K. We had a project uh, just recently. There was an interview shot remote 
delivered to us via Google Drive or something like that, like a, a download that was shot in Black Magic Raw 6K? Yeah, 6K, 6K for a 1080 deliverable. The the clip, one clip, it was one clip, static shot, static shot, nothing crazy, like no like not that crazy of lighting. The clip itself was 250 gigs. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. And then the like so I was like, damn, it's taking forever. Like, what is this going to be? And it was just an interview shot in like a room. How like, long was the clip? Man, it was not not very long. I think maybe, I don't even remember, honestly. Like 20 minutes? N- not even that, dude. I, 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 That's so ridiculous. I, I don't really remember the length, but it was well, short. It's even worse because the, the Black Magic Raw, you can't just natively drop it into Premiere. Premiere doesn't support it. You have to go get a, the codec for it or whatever it is, the, whatever the software is. Yeah. And you can't just like go to the website and download it. You have to go to the website, put in all of your information, your first name, last name, email address, business name, phone number, phone number. And then then you get the download link. Yeah. And and you and you like legitimately cannot use the footage unless you have that program installed on your computer. Then your computer has the codec and it can process what this footage is. And I was just like, dude. That right there to me is thinking like a shooter because the image that came off the camera is fucking amazing. And like it's it looks so good and it's sharp and it's crisp and and because it's raw, you can do anything you want with it. And it's 6K like it's future proof to all hell. The lighting looks amazing. It's bomb. But after it gets out of that camera, first of all, like it's 250 gigs in a remote workflow. How the hell is it going to get to me? How the hell am I going to send it anywhere when I need to send it somewhere? Like also this is just it's a, it's like unnecessary the other day i said it's like bringing a cannon to a knife fight and i i don't know if that's i still don't think that's a great analogy but well it just makes me think of bringing a camera yeah to a knife all right fight. yeah it's like bringing a uh i don't know something else to a knife fight okay you know? i don't know it's it it's just not it's just not for me you know if i'm the type of person like a chainsaw yeah, it's like bringing a chainsaw to a normal saw fight okay you know well that, no i don't know it's i think a, I mean, a, a knife fight except better except flipped R- reverse yeah it's yeah. like bringing a knife to a fist fight there we go either way regardless <laughs> i i think that uh for me like i actually have the opposite brain when i'm shooting where i'm like way more editor focused when i shoot i'm just like yeah Let's just get this shit done in the quickest way we can. So there's not that much to go through in the edit. And then in the, and when I look, go back in the edit, I'm like, damn, I'm punching in to like 200%. <laughs> I wish we should have shot this 4K, you know? But for me, like I would rather shoot at a high frame rate and a low resolution than a high resolution and a low frame rate. Same. I'll take, I'll take 1080, 60 over or even like 2K. Like I take that over 4K 30 any day. Like I yeah. I find myself ramping a lot more than I find myself punching in. But like, I mean, the, the problem with that is like, was the shooter just not thinking about what the project is? I don't, I, I, I really just think that it w- was a situation where like they were thinking, I want to get the crispest shot. Like this camera can shoot 6K. That's its capability. I want to give them the most latitude and the most stuff to work with it. But normally, again, it wouldn't really be that big of a deal. But the fact that everything is remote these days is what makes it hard because it's like, dang, like this file is like unwieldy. Even the transcode I made of it is like giant. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, I'd say I do like I guess from a shooter's perspective, I do like the capabilities of 6K, 8K, but 
where you don't have the technology where we support like the memory system, right? Like if we had small memory cards that were just easy and like upload and download speeds were just way faster, yeah. then I could see it as, okay, dope. We have better quality and it could get into your hands faster and it's not going to take forever to edit, but we're not at that point yet. So I think 4K should be tops for anything. Yeah, we've been like future proofing for years, but like th- that true. future hasn't <laughs> it hasn't yeah. arrived where, yeah. where yeah. it's actually useful like that yet. I yeah. just don't think it ever really will be because like if the, like I, I hate to, I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to like talk shit about 4K and shit, but like if people are going to be consuming content on their phones more than they are anywhere else, it it's, it's, that's how big it is. That's the size of it. Like, yeah, you can like put, crazy new displays on it that are like sharper and all that shit. But ultimately the picture is still like the size of your palm. Like it's not really going to get much bigger than that. So on that, what's the difference between, you know, 8k and 1080? I think it'll change. I think, you know, I think we'll have strong, especially within the next five to 10 years, I think our cell phones are just going to be so goddamn sharp. And, but I think that there's a point, there's a point where it just cancels out. Like, like, like you can tell, okay, if you're like watching some shit on YouTube on your phone, you can tell, not everyone, but I think savvy users can tell between 4K and 1080. Fine. I, I concede. That is yeah, true. Definitely. But at, on your phone, I really don't think you're going to be able to tell the difference between like 8K and 4K. I just don't think that it exists. I think it's a diminishing return or whatever. It's on definitely that, a diminishing you know? return. I don't think we will notice that yet. I think years to come. We'll, we'll see some differences. I just feel like the cameras are ahead of schedule when it comes to the technology yeah. and everything else is just on its normal I, pace. I, yep. I think maybe we're 4K and well, not 4K. Maybe we're like 8K and like higher will be useful is when we talk about VR. Like when definitely. if you're making something for VR, then definitely raise that pixel count yeah. size. You can't because you're going to have to wrap that image. You know what I mean? I'm, I like it for sports, too. I think it's useful for sports. Yeah. Sport, I mean, sports is, is such an, an anomaly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sports, it's like just everything bigger is better. Like yeah. bigger more picture, more frame rate, everything is better. You know what I mean? But when it comes to just like filming, you know, um, a, a commercial, for example, like, or like a, a sketch or I don't know, just filming literally anything like a corporate video. Like I don't, I just don't see the point of doing an 8K other than like we can, so we will. You know I, mean, I mean, a lot of the time that is the attitude is like, yeah. well, we did. We just paid a lot of money for this dope ass camera that shoots in 8K. Let's shoot in 8K. Well, that's, uh, yeah. Would you rather shoot in like in like 6K with a color with a camera that treats color a way that you're like not really a fan of or shoot like two and a half K on like a camera that treats color really nicely like a. I don't know, like a Panasonic or a Canon or something. Dude, I'm a big fan of the two and a half K personally. I I would take the two and a half K because the last time I did any real shooting, I think that's usually where I was. I was two and a half at 60. It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you have enough room to punch in like the, at least for me, the deliverables were still 1080. Like we're, I don't think we're at a point where 4k is, is the standard for deliverables. And it was just, it was just a nicer workflow. It was less information, you know, quicker, th- quicker transfers. I think 4k isn't necessarily the standard for deliverables yet, but I think it's like very, it, it, if you deliver in 4k, people are like, cool, acceptable. I dig it. And if you deliver in 1080, people are like, okay, fine. That's, yeah. that works too. You yeah. know, I, I, I just don't think that 6k it's just so much anywhere it's on the so much time all, all around between like transferring to your computer even like the exports the ex 
exporting 4K takes a lot longer. It really does. If you're, if you're exporting at the right profile, it'll take two or three times as long. Mm-hmm. That's what, uh, I don't remember what it was, but we were delivering something. And I, at first I was delivering in 4K and then they came back with like a small note on the final versions. And I was like, all right, well now you're getting 1080 because it's the end of the day and yeah. I don't have the time to, to babysit this. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and that's kind of what I was going back to with like shooter brain versus editor brain is I think like for us, we're always like, yeah, just uh smaller deliverables are better. But like for shooters, it's like, let's just shoot it big. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's about balancing the two, I guess. That's how, that's how I used to be. I used to always say that, Shooter Chris loves editor Chris, but editor Chris yeah. hates shooter Chris. <laughs> I I definitely, uh, one, one thing that I do when I shoot that sucks is I, I, I edit as I go in my head kind of. So I always shoot less than I need a lot, like a lot. I consistently do that. And then I'm like, well, okay, time to slow the shit out of everything. And like, maybe yeah. make some graphics. Cause I got to fill some time. Cause I just, uh, I just want to get it over with. I'm not a, like, I just think like, oh, okay, well, it's okay. We'll cover it. It's fine. Like I got this. I can fix it in post. Cause I know I probably can. But, uh, if I was shooting for someone else, I guess I would cover the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, Cause I know that footage isn't coming back to me. You know I will I mean? say I almost never shot for someone else. Anytime I was shooting, it was for something that I knew I was going to edit. Same. If I was shooting for someone else, I would probably just wallpaper everywhere. Yeah. I guess I haven't ever done that either. Have you shot for someone else or you just usually edit your own shit? Yeah, I, I shoot. I do both. I have gigs where I just shoot and I give them the memory card at the end of the end of the shoot or I'll just do stuff for me. I think um, I'm always shooting more than I need just because I've learned in the past where I've been in that situation where it's like, damn, I need more stuff. Um, I always just get too confident in myself, though. I'm like, ah, I'll knock it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what Matt King, Matt King, if you're listening to this, that's what Matt King does a lot. He'll just shoot it real quick. He'll just like get he'll be shaking, line up, get, get the shot. And you're like, great. He got it. And then he just moves the camera and you're like, dude, you got to hold it for like a few seconds, bro. Hold it for a few seconds. I like to shoot way more than I need. And yeah, I totally feel the whole shooter brain, editor brain. I think how I see other people use that mentality a lot. And that's where the disconnect I think comes from is like a lot of shooters, even when they do their own edits, like they just care about vanity so much, just the quality of their lens, how it looks, but the story goes out the window. And so many people eat that on social media because they're like, whoa, this video is dope. It's so good. But the video is trash. It just looks nice. Or there's editors out there who they'll take shitty footage, but they'll edit the fuck out of it so much that there's no story either. I'm just getting crazy transitions. I'm getting yeah. crazy graphics. And it's like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm getting motion sickness from watching this video yeah. because like, where the hell is the story? It's right? too hype. It's too, it's too much. And then people see that and like, whoa, that editor is so good. Look at all these graphics. But it's like, no, this sucks. And my brain hurts from watching it. Yeah. But you know, what's crazy is I think that that is just like the style. I think that's the new style. Like oh, I yeah. think that's the social media style. Like people love shit just going super fast and they love to see beautiful pictures. It's like if it, it's if, if it's a drone shot, let it breathe. If it's any other shot and it's not slow-mo, cut it quick. Yep. Like it, it's, yeah, I don't know. I personally, I get the quick cutting and all that jazz, but like ultimately, right. I mean, not to be cliche, but it's about, it is about telling yeah. a story. Yeah. That, that, That's what you should do. And That's what you should focus there's on. There's so many clients that I've either worked with or been in contact with where 
they'll show me reference videos and it's like, wow, this video sucks, but they just love the way it looks and they want to look like that. And that's what they want to pay for. Or like you'll see people commenting on their stuff and yeah, the lens quality is great, but it's like really shitty. It's a shitty video or the editing so many like crazy transitions and shit. And they love that. And it's like, I get the attention span on social media and stuff like that, but I personally, in my work, I always like to have a balance and I don't like to add stuff for the sake of adding it. Yeah. I'm not going to be shooting in a certain lighting in a certain way if it doesn't add to the story and I'm not going to be adding crazy ass transitions or graphics if it doesn't do anything. That shit gets me nauseous and I feel like, you know, whether it's working with clients or with other people, I, I tell them, I'm like, all right, thanks for sending me these reference videos, but like, which one actually made sense to you or did this video make you feel something? And they're always picking the ones that have balance, right? Because at the end of the day, you can watch a bunch of cool scenic videos, but you're not going to remember any of them. I think the one that always gets me in terms of transitions is the, like the zoom spin, you know what I'm talking about? The zoom spin with the blur. That's the first thing I thought of. Dude, everyone fucking uses it. And honestly, I throw it in sometimes to like spice shit up when I'm out of ideas or like when there really isn't a story, if it's just a montage, then I'm like, fine, I'll throw that in. But to me, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I rarely ever use anything outside of a cut. Like that's just, I've just, I always just cut. I'm a big fan of wipes. That's Are you really? It. You use wipes? Uh, I feel like I use cuts only. I, maybe slide is the, slides. the best. Slide I is the word. I with some slides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I thought you were on some Star Wars shit with nah. the wipes. You know what I mean? Nah, nah, not like that. Star slides. wipes. Star wipes. You Star wipes. I mean? Clorox wipes. <laughs> any, any kind of wipes, really. Yeah, I, I usually like to shoot my transitions. I like actually like having transitions. You have shit thought, thought out. Yeah. yeah. Or like I'll do use B-roll as a way to transition between things or like getting the the uh setting or whatever because yeah. i think just adding these you know transitions that are just graphic in nature is just too much for me like, it gets me nauseous yeah, like, yeah. was this necessary well, there shouldn't be you shouldn't be relying on like on on like gimmick transitions in ca- unless it's like last ditch effort <laughs> like yeah. if you're like well, or fuck. like actually motivated yeah 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 exactly like i think that if you can do something other than that your transition should always have like motivation but if you're at a point where you're like you know a lot of stuff during the covid has been like hey you're working with this archival footage make it shine and you're like all right well i guess we're gonna have to use some camera shake transitions yeah we're gonna have to use some bad tv transitions some vhs shit you know what i mean yeah but- well and the thing with the with those is when you use one it, you kind of have to use them all across the video. You gotta lean into the style. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you end up with those, those videos that like Vince, you were saying are just like way too much. But like once you, once you do it once, like that, that can of worms is open and you gotta ride it. You know, you know, it's beginning me too. Those, um, <laughs> hold up. That can of worms is open <laughs> and you, you gotta, gotta ride, ride it. it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this motherfucker, bro. All right. I'll let you have that one. Yeah. Okay, I just <laughs> imagine Beetlejuice just Yo, like chilling in the cut. Chris got his new Halloween costume for next year, bro. Riding a can of worms in Not, the desert. Yeah. No, I didn't mean, I didn't mean throw you off the word you say. I was going to say, no, I mean, and there's always like a trendy gimmick going on, right? Within like videos now, like right now it's the film. It's yeah. the old eight millimeter, 16 millimeter cuts that people are just incorporating where it's like, no, we don't need those transitions and we don't need like every other shot to be film grain. Mm-hmm. Like it's not doing, unless you're like reminiscing or like doing something historical, you don't need film in it. Yeah, it's true. And like before, like VHS was like popping like last year, right? Like, all right, is this a nostalgia piece? Cause it's not, why do we have VHS everywhere? And I think people just see what other people are doing and they're just latching onto it. Cause there's 
not a lot of creativity. I when think it comes the reason that, like that people do it is because like they didn't write it. Like if you don't write a actual, if you don't write your piece and you just go out and shoot and you have to rely on that kind of stuff. It just, it's just to cover up bad writing or no writing. You know what I mean? I know that sounds weird, but I think everything needs writing. Everything is written in some way. You know what I mean? Like it can be, you can just be out shooting like, uh, scenics or whatever, but you're still writing them in your head. You're like writing the story or you're storyboarding. Storyboarding is writing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't storyboard personally because I'm lazy as hell, but I should be if I'm ever shooting something. I mean, you know? any storytelling is kind of writing. You might not be physically putting pen to paper or, or typing something up, but the idea is in your head, right? Like yeah. you're, you're, you're writing the story. Yeah. And then if your whole, if your whole vibe is just to go out and shoot and then to come back and put it together, that is when you start band-aiding it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the yeah. band-aids. That's when you're like, okay, time to do these zoom twists, time yep. to do these cool graphics, time to give it a, a, a the, uh, RGB split look, yeah, you know what I mean? Know. Yeah. That's that's it. It, it, got it drives all, me nuts. Yeah. It's band aids. It's band aids. You got all this footage, but like that, the the shots don't speak to each other, so you just make them. Yeah, Vince. So you just got these two new lenses, balling ass Zeiss so glass. Stoked. Zeiss so God stoked. out here. What are you? What's your? What are you going to use them on? Um, so I got a twenty four millimeter f one four Sony G Master. Um, these are my first two primes. The other ones are Zeiss. Bat, Batis 85, I think 1.8. Um, I've always been rocking wide lenses. That's always been mm -hmm. my go-to. And I've always kind of wanted sharper quality because I like shooting uh, like docu-style stuff. So I don't like rely re relying on like studio lights or lighting. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that intimate feel of just like feeling like you're there. So I think both of those lenses are going to help me achieve that more because they work better in low light. Um, the 24 is going to be my go-to wide shots and then my 85 um, docu-style interviews. And also so I, I might just do like portraits as a side hustle. What's the, what's the next project you want to use them on? Um, so I got a client that I talked to the other night. He wants to push out like five or six music videos Damn. within the next couple of months. So he has kind of a mini concept for each of them. They're like a, a minute long, two minute long videos. And he's kind of giving me full autonomy to kind of like do whatever I want. Um, so I'm going to experiment with these shots. Our first shoot is on Sunday and it's at this, um, uh, recording studio called Pirate. It's over in Ridgewood. Okay. And um, it's basically just going to be him alone in the studio, like performing. Um, so like a lot of close shots, a lot of low light. And so you're going um, to bust the 85 out for that? Bust the 85 out for that. And then with the 24, um, I'm, I want to do a, like a lot of uh, B-roll kind of music video-y type of things in the city. Um, so just like watching people commute, going back and forth. Um, just because I kind of want that, just to have that B-roll when I need it. But also, um, I haven't really done a lot of like scenic stuff yet that I, and I kind of want to do that just for fun. And I might do a little content series of like my neighborhood or yeah. the commute That'd or dope. on my bike. Like I want to do things on my bike as well. So, um, really excited to have these two lenses and it's going to kind of push me more creatively, creatively. And also, um, I feel like that's, what's been lacking out of my work. There's a look and feel that I've been wanting to have, and this is going to kind of put me in that direction. Now you say you want to shoot on your bike. You better have gotten a warranty for those lenses, yeah. bro. <laughs> no, I'm going to use pocket cam. I, I'm thinking about getting a DJI, the, uh, the, uh, the pocket oh. two. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The Osmo. Yeah, I was thinking the Osmo. 
Osmo's nice. I it's think it's the, the same thing. The Pocket right? Two the is the tiny, tiny. It's like the tiny gimbal camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's, kind of, it's almost like a GoPro attached to yeah, a gimbal. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, are, yeah. Those, those are those great. are cool. Those are great. 4K Especially 60. on a bright on a bright day, they're awesome. Yeah. 4K 60. Yeah. Make so. sure you shoot as many as many uh, pixels as you can. Make it real real difficult for edit vents. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to have to wrap this up because the computer's dying. But plus, I think we got some good talking. Um, follow us on uh, on all the socials. Yeah, uh, Sizzle Real Gang on Sizzle Twitter and Instagram. We still have posted zero things. That's it's all right, though. Awesome. Follow us anyway. More importantly, follow the Shishkin Productions TikTok if you want to learn some edit tips. Yo, so, good information on there. People yeah. actually think that it's, it's yeah. quality. Our, our 70 followers love us. Uh, Shishkin Productions is the handle there. And then Vince, what do you want to plug? You want to plug anything before my computer dies here? Uh, plug in Air Vince One if you guys want to see my work and if you want to set up some type of uh, working projects together. And uh, looking forward to the new year. We've kind of had a shitty year. I don't yes. know if I'm going to be on the next one. <laughs> really? the, the understatement of um, the year. <laughs> but really stoked to, you know, uh, work with the FX6 and uh, push some more projects out for the team and for myself. So hell yeah man all right more things to look forward to well thank you for coming through today and uh thank you chris for coming through today as well and most importantly thank you to producer kevin shout out kevin staying quiet over there taking pictures of us trying out the bud light seltzer how was the bud light yeah he, he shrugged right. he said it's okay yeah he said it's all right and then he, he made like a gesture like he wants to drink it again maybe no he does he's going for it yeah he loves it all right guys thank you and uh we'll catch you next time after christmas you've got mail goodbye <laughs>